Hey friends, welcome back this week. Robert and I are going to do a, something a little bit different. Um, wait. Wait, I didn't even introduce... <laughs> this is like why I don't... Take two. I'll just take two. You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey friends, welcome back to CXMH. My name is Dr. Holly Oxhandler and I am joined as always by my co-host Robert Bohr. This week, we are doing something a little bit different compared to normal. Um, typically, we do like an intro, and then we often have like a guest come on to chat with us about a topic. But this week, we really wanted to honor the fact that we have now officially reached the one-year anniversary of, of COVID-19 being declared a pandemic. So we'll dive into that in just a little bit, but I want to first check in and say hi, Robert. Hey Holly, how are you? How are how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a, a little bit of a strange day, I think, conceptually, which uh, we'll obviously mm -hmm. talk about. But you know, uh, other than that, kind of a, a a pretty normal day. Which even the fact that it feels like a normal day is a little bit strange. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of just excited to be here recording with you and doing doing something a little bit different um, than normal. Even if excited is kind of a weird word for it. Yeah, yeah. I I hear yeah. you. I'm with you. Yeah. How are you? We're good. Um, I'm doing good. I think it's probably very similar. It's, you know, we're the kids have off this week for spring break. And, you know, I know my university, we are not doing a, sting, a spring break. And so there's been kind of a little bit of juggling um, between that. But but it's been it's been pretty okay. Uh, Corey and I celebrate yeah. our ten year anniversary tomorrow, as this is being recorded. So, um, so congratulations! That's fun. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we had hoped or thought that our ten year anniversary would be celebrated like on an East Coast beach with our friends and family. Mm -hmm. But of course, that is not what is happening this year, and that is okay because yeah. I'm just grateful that you know we get to be together. We've got the kids, and it's all good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I just with you and, uh, you know, recognizing the complexity of this day and um, the weight of this day. And, you know, of course, we are recording it on March 11th. And so, yeah, so we just kind of really wanted to have the spaces like a check in and to, to touch base. So, yeah, let's see. So I guess we can start with just talking through like, thinking back to maybe where we were at this point last year and like what some of the emotions and thoughts and experiences that were unfolding for each of us. Yeah. We'll start with you, Robert. What are some of the things that surface? Yeah. Well, I, I do want to kind of right up front also mention that like for the listener, right, obviously we're, we're kind of reflecting back and, and we're going to recount some of kind of mm -hmm. um, what this has been like for us. But uh, depending on kind of your experience of the last year, if you say like, hey, getting pretty specific and thinking back on different events is like too much for me take yeah. care of yourself, right? Like Please. that's totally fine. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, we are, we're recording this on March 11th, right? Thursday before it'll come out, uh, mm -hmm. which I actually went earlier today to like kind of reconstruct a timeline because I thought mm. that would be interesting to help mm -hmm. and discovered that actually March 11th of 2020 obviously was 
uh, the day that the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic. Right. And then particularly for me, right, I think March 11th was also the day that the NBA canceled the rest of their Mm -hmm. season, which I don't even follow like the NBA, right? But I get, you know, ESPN notifications about major things. And I remember sitting eating breakfast with with Brooke and Gray and seeing that come up on my phone. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, just being in kind of, you know, like American life where sports tend to be like a a kind of a major thing, even if you don't care about them, they're like a Mm -hmm. major. Yeah, I mean, they're like billion dollar industries and things. Mm-hmm. And seeing seeing that was the first thing I had seen that attached essentially like a bunch of gravity and weight to it, right? Because like obviously that decision mm-hmm. for all of the NBA to suspend the rest of their season, I mean, I think is essentially unprecedented, right? Like I don't, right. I don't know all the history, but that I've never seen anything like that. And then obviously kind of some dominoes started to fall after that of other yeah. things being canceled. But yeah. just the weight of like, you know, this – whatever billion dollar industry canceling the rest of their season I think was the first kind of impact I felt of like oh this is like this is a bigger thing than you know I've seen a couple headlines or whatever but yeah you know we had uh, you know I remember bird flu being like a thing and like swine flu and (laughs) stuff like that where it was like okay I hear some about this but Mm -hmm. obviously it doesn't end up kind of rippling into into what we've experienced in the yeah, past year. Yeah, like so, daily life, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I remember that. And then obviously after that uh, was colleges canceling and things like that, which then impacted obviously our family um, as yeah. as Brooke runs a college ministry and stuff like that. And so I don't know, it's just weird to think back a year later and think about kind of how we expected things to unfold maybe. I mean, none of us being yeah. epidemiologists, but I remember right. kind of the general vibe of like, all right, like, well, you know, things will be closed down for a couple of weeks and then we'll kind of see, or, you know, you just don't, I don't think anybody expects to a year later still be here. And so, I don't know, it's yeah. just, it's, it's very strange and kind of bizarre. Yeah. And there's, there's obviously a lot more in there of like where we are now compared to six, six weeks ago or six months ago right. or whatever, you know. Right, um, right, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. What about you in terms of kind of a, a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think some of what you had shared, I echo with in terms of like, we didn't fully know exactly the long-term implications of this. We knew that this was a serious thing, but, you know, not really fully aware of, you know, we didn't have right. a crystal ball. We didn't know what, all of what was going right, to be right. ahead. Um, so there's that. But <laughs> I remember, so the thing that stands out to me the most when I think back on this is that my mother-in-law came into town because in Waco, they were having this like event up at the silos where, you know, Magnolia is and they were going to have like all of these, like all of these vendors come in and have like their tables set up. And I remember like that being canceled, but I remember my mother-in-law, she came into town for that. And I remember being really anxious pretty quickly with like, is this really a good idea if this is happening for, you know, for folks to be gathering together. And um, I remember thinking about like, you know, my kiddo's school and like, you know, one of my, one of my kids school, you know, had shut down. The other one was like, well, we're going to keep staying open because it's more of like a preschool for, you know, essential workers. Um, And I remember trying to discern through that, but 
I just remember that like I can feel it in my body even talking about this. And I know we're probably going to yeah. talk about this to a degree in our conversation yep. today. But the fact that like I can immediately go back to feeling in my body the tension and the stress and the worry and the anxiety and the fear and just un- like not knowing what was ahead, recognizing that the illusion of control was starting to basically disintegrate. Like we couldn't fix our way through this. I could, you know, none of us in our day-to-day ways of being could just pick up things that we normally do to like carry on and go about our normal-ish right. lives. And right. And so I remember that and I remember being really worried and concerned for folks who I recognize how grateful I am to have a job where I can work from home, but I remember being very mindful of folks who don't have that opportunity or that privilege to be able to do that. And so being worried for a number of folks, you know, and just, just not knowing what to do. And then at the same time, I do remember spaces of like, okay, I feel the anxiety. And I also feel, feel this sense of like, okay, we're all like collectively pausing. Like this has never happened before. Nobody's trying to rush through that deadline or anything. Like we all just have a deep breath pause moment. And um, so anyways, just holding all of that. Yeah. 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 Well, and then, and then, well, the last, sorry, the last thing <laughs> I'll mention, I remember also transparently like obsessively clicking through the Johns Hopkins website and like watching the numbers. I don't know. Mm. If I am alone, I'm probably alone in that one. But I just I'm remember sure like yeah, <laughs> I remember like sitting on the couch with my mother-in-law trying to decide if she should go to this event or not. And I remember just like refreshing the Johns Hopkins numbers and being like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, like this is this is big. So yeah. anyways, yeah. So there's yeah. that. But well, I, I was gonna follow up on uh, you know, you talked about like I can I can feel all yes, of this again, sure. right? And yeah, one thing that I had linked to uh, a couple of days ago, right, is is this article that I thought was really interesting um, mm-hmm. by Jennifer King. It's called "A Year Later: The Body Remembers," mm-hmm. right? And it's this idea of unpacking kind of trauma anniversaries, right? Yeah, and how we 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 know we have some body of research in terms of what trauma anniversaries can look like for folks. Yes, right. Um, which has a lot. She talks a lot in the article about, and I'll link to it, obviously, about. Mm-hmm having the, the the sensations come back up, right? That's why yes. it says like the body remembers. Yes. And when we think about remembering, right? Like remembering, like, yeah. like bringing it back into our yeah. bodies. And yeah. uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. was because I, I was talking about this to Brooke. I was, I was saying, oh, there's this article. I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, do you think that that is going to be the case? Because mm. it is a little bit different in like, I had like a a trauma event, right, wherein Mm -hmm. an anniversary might like remind you a lot of that. But this essentially has been like a weird ongoing traumatic kind of thing like that we've all kind of adjusted to and stuff. And so it's it's a little bit less like I can remember a specific event where everything kind of collapsed, right? And and we're we're talking about like we can remember periods of time where we say like I, I have this memory of the NBA getting canceled or whatever right mm-hmm. yeah but that but I don't know I'm just I'm, I'm curious to see because this is based obviously this article on like what we know about trauma anniversaries but mm-hmm. I, we've we've essentially never since we've started being able to do some of this mm. work had something like this you know yeah so coming up on this anniversary I think it's it's interesting to kind of think about like mm. will it 
will 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 some of us have that experience or like i mentioned in the intro right i said like it's a pretty normal day which in itself is kind of weird um, yeah because maybe i would expect to have some kind of mm-hmm. here it is the year you know and i'm kind of like well yeah we're still in it you know like it's not it never yeah. went away you know yeah yeah i mean that's a if i can discern what your question is like in that in terms of like is it <laughs> is it like a one you know, the fact that this is much more complex, um, it's it's a much more complicated form of trauma. I think it's not a single event, but yet there is a single event associated because the announcement of it being a global pandemic in and of itself, you know, is what I, I mean, I would think that that would be considered a trauma just for us to wrap our brains around that. But sure. You know, I think that I, I think that just like with what we know about trauma, there doesn't necessarily have to be one sole way of processing this or one like way that is going to be generalizable for everyone. I think that for some folks, perhaps this day is going to be a big wave of emotion and physiological sensations and thoughts are going to rise. And then maybe in a couple of days, it kind of that it goes down. But I also think that snowballed into you know, this being the one year anniversary, there's a lot of like additional layers of trauma that are all like wrapped up into the like, mm. COVID in general. When as we think about like the grief and the the loss of different things that we had hoped for, graduations and events and things like that. And like I just I see there's this there's so much, there's so many layers and it's so complicated that it may be that today is one way of just experiencing that. It may be that all through this month we experience it. It may be that, you know, as like the couple who perhaps had anticipated that they would get married in June of 2020, they had to change that. And so maybe for them, it's going to be more intense around that time where they had to lose the wedding that they had envisioned having yeah. or, or whatever. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, I just want to at least normalize that, that, that trauma in general is so complicated and complex and it's probably going to be for the both of us, but also for our listeners and their loved ones. And so being gentle and, you know, compassionate towards ourselves and one another as we navigate this, I think is going to be really important. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting we've been using the word trauma and I think there's also like buckets and buckets of grief lumped yes. in here as well right and right. so you know right as much as we like to kind of break things into categories like uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is that this is playing out for you you know if you, yeah okay I, I didn't get to get married when I wanted to right like grieving through that uh, again mm-hmm. even though you had already kind of grieved that the first time right like yeah so so not necessarily you know I don't know just both those things being present as well as just like the ongoing nature you know I I Mm-hmm. The fact that we're not even really – we're not out of it yet. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. I think adds another thing to it. There was a, a tweet I saw, I don't know, last week sometime and I'm not mm. I, I'm not even going to attempt to find it. But something about like the effect of, of trying to heal something before – like while it was still mm. happening, not being yes. super possible, you know? Um, right, and yes. And just this idea of like, yeah. well, I can't be over this Yeah. because like we're still – you know, I still – can't go play like you know we're still here and so yeah um even grappling with kind of the frustration of that that like right. we're still here and i know i see in the show notes 
you have some stuff about kind of like uh, this mm-hmm. shift towards hope in terms of like we do see some yeah, things happening, right? right, right. right obviously, mm-hmm. um, but that that doesn't discount the fact that like right. you know we can hold those attention that like it is incredibly frustrating and heartbreaking and and every word you could think of that we are still here and that it has played out the way it has losing unspeakable amounts of of human beings and uh, events and markers and moments and um while also recognizing some some kind of turns towards hope so i don't know it's just a it's weird you know yeah no it's underselling it it a bit but like it it's weird yeah it is. I mean, it's. it makes me – there's so many directions I go with like what you're just saying, but it makes me, again, so grateful that we get to have these conversations with folks. And I know we talked about this before, how helpful in some ways having the conversations through the last year with our guests has been like genuinely yeah. helpful for us individually too because, you know – because there's so many layers to this and we are human too and navigating this is difficult. But I think the ways in which you were just kind of touching on and the ways in which we have been stretched so far and in such a quick amount of time to be able to try to hold space for the grief and the hope and, you know, with all many, not all, but many of our typical coping mechanisms being inaccessible during this season, like not being able to go over to your friend's house and just hang out in the ways that you normally would or, you know, seeing loved ones in the same ways as you would or going and, you know, not going to concerts and doing, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I just think that- like coping skills on the back end, but also just like social supports and like things that have like, things that put us in a good space on the front end, right? Like- you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, going, you know, be going to faith, like our faith community each week. I know we had a lot of conversation with Dr. Emily Smith about that and, you know, and just how faith communities are coping with this. But so many, so many things have just changed and it's been difficult. But yeah, I still think, you know, I think being able to hold that tension and all the different competing and complex layers as we continue to move forward, knowing that we're still not out of it, as you mentioned, but like trying to find those glimmers while still holding space for the grief, I think is, is, you know, yeah. it's, it's important work that each of us are having to do. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think then about to like where we are today, I mean, you and I just reflected a little bit about like where we were last year. And actually, I forgot to mention, you know, I already mentioned that like our anniversary is tomorrow, but that actually was literally the last time that Corey and I were inside a restaurant was mm. um, for our anniversary last year. And it was a very nice dinner. So it was not the worst, like last, <laughs> you know, <laughs> last, you know, last meal um, yeah. to have inside a restaurant, but still we're coming up on that. But anyways, um, so as I think though about like where we are today, compared to last year and thinking about, you know, we do have vaccines that are starting to roll out. And so, you know, I'm seeing posts in my social media spaces around like folks being so excited to get to like see their parents and their loved ones. And so we're able to lean into that hope while also honoring the fact that we are grieving over 530,000 lives that have been lost over the last year. And I imagine that many of our Listeners have been affected by that and have been directly impacted by COVID, either by losing a loved one or knowing someone who lost a loved one or um, or in any million other ways. I'm curious then, like, just kind of thinking where we are today, like, what are some of the emotions or thoughts or experiences that that you're noticing, like, 
today? I mean, we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but like, as you think about it, like right now today, what are you noticing? Yeah, uh, that's like my own therapy, right? Like, how are you feeling? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think, uh, I don't know. It It is so strange because so, so much of it feels, and Brooke and I have had a lot of conversations about this recently, that expectations have seemed to have shifted back to wherever they were, right? Um, in terms of work and uh, stuff like that, right? Like everything, you know, you mentioned there was this kind of collective slowdown and it it, it, it seems like, okay, we're, we've, we're past that now, right? In this kind of um, mm-hmm. fast-paced, you know, uh, work as priority kind of, kind of culture that we tend to live in, which is why we talk so much in the show, even before any of this about prioritizing rest, right? Because it's not, it's not prioritized right. like overall. Right. And so it's, it's a little bit weird, uh, you know, there's kind of this constant conflict of things aren't back to normal, right? Like I still, you know, like uh, I still can't take gray to go grocery shopping real quick or I still, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I could make yeah. that decision, but yeah. safety wise and stuff, you know, like we still can't go to church services in person and stuff, you know, there's just so much mm-hmm. that is still super restricted and yet we've kind of lost the, I don't want to say novelty, but like essentially like the 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 grace or like the space of like, Hey, we're we're all uh, slowing down and like figuring it out because like nobody has any idea what's going on, right? And so, trying to remember that both within myself and with other people is very interesting. But especially, you know, since the original question was internal, uh, remembering that with myself, right? Like this is still such a strange, uncertain time. There's still lots of things that are like way harder than they were. And can I, can I continue to like? have that ex- like not just cognitively know that but like experience that as opposed to like cognitively I know that but experientially I'm still back to okay go 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 you know do all mm-hmm. the things feel this pressure and so I think yep. that is hard trying to kind of pull those things apart but I do I do feel hopeful in in a lot of senses mm-hmm. again not to undercut like the, the tons and tons of grief and, and, and whatnot that, that we're all experiencing and particularly people who have like lost loved ones to COVID yeah. or just yeah I've lost loved ones in the last year that that wasn't COVID related but I right. you know watching a funeral on a TV screen is that's you know, right like not getting to yes. see family members that are also grieving you know and so yeah holding that with the idea of like there is some light at the end of a tunnel is like a, a very cliche way to, to say it but like there's some relief coming in terms of like, so Georgia announced today that, uh, mm-hmm. or recently that, you know, in a couple of days, anyone over the age of 55 will be eligible for a vaccine. Mm-hmm. That means both my parents can get vaccines, right? Mm, and having so some of that just like background worry that's like been there for a year, right? Of like, yeah. what if they get COVID, you know? Yeah. Um, having some of that lifted, mm-hmm. I think, turns down in some ways like the the kind of consistent hum in the background of of mm-hmm. of worry and anxiety. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And that is such good news that your parents are going to um be able to get their vaccine soon. That's really good news. Yeah, we'll see if they can get yeah. an appointment, but they'll be eligible yeah, at least. That's true. No, that's really good. I think that that complexity and again, I actually I really appreciate how you mentioned too, like it's not just the grief tied to COVID, but there's so many other ways that we've had to grieve 
loved ones this last year, but our normal traditions and rituals to be able to move through that grief were not available to us this year. Yeah. And yeah. that really, um, yeah, that, that makes things really difficult for us moving forward. Um, yeah. Like individually and collectively, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you in terms of kind of emotions, <laughs> like where like where we are today recording this and then painting yeah. and, you know, in the midst of yeah. everything happening today? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all were – our house project today is painting cabinets in our kitchen, <laughs> um, which helps move through some of the emotions, I think. But yeah. anyways. Art therapy. Yeah. Something like that. Um, no, I think for as far as today, I mean – I'm trying to carve out space to be able to give room for the emotions and sensations and thoughts as they surface without obviously just being at like a, you know, standstill. Um, I did go for a walk this morning and and I think that was helpful to kind of give some space for today. But But also, I mean, a lot of what you said too, I mean, I definitely feel that sense of like, just kind of go back to normal. Like we're just, you know, you know, that temptation to just go back to how things were when like we really still can't do that. And we've also been continuing to like layer on top of like one thing on top of another as we've gone through this year with like, you know, other things that we have navigated collectively, Um, lots of things that we've we've navigated collectively. And so I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm just mindful of that and trying to hold space for that. And I, I definitely noticed kind of, as you were saying about like how my brain just wants to go, just think back to like how things were, but like my body's been really good lately at teaching me like, no, you're exhausted. You need to slow down or push that mm. meeting back another couple of days if you can, or um, whatever it is that I need to do. But yeah, I, I notice in some ways that the emotions are still there, but I'm more sensitive to them than I think I was a year ago. The thoughts are still there, but I'm more attuned to them perhaps than I was a year ago. And like more than anything, yeah. uh, like listening to my body, that is something I don't think I was as good at before. And I'm still yeah. not great at it by any means, but <laughs> right, by right. any means, but I at least like get a little bit more curious about it than I used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I don't have and, a choice. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I was going to say for our listeners, you know, I know uh, sometimes we talk about like carving out space or or things like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the risk of it sounding like, you know, you have to have a whole hour of like meditation, no, right? Like no. literally within, you know, if I have five minutes here or there, I'll yes. try to, I literally picture it. I have this mental image of like my, my, brain dropping down from my head into my body, which is yes. just like the way that I picture it. But, yeah. you know, like a, a body scan, you can search that and, yes. and find some templates if you need or whatever. But mm-hmm. essentially just this idea of like four, five minutes in between meetings or uh, yeah. when I park my car before I get out, can I like check in and say like, what what sensations am I experiencing? Right. What what feeling word did those get attached to, right? Like, yeah. what does that tell me about how I am? Um, yeah. Things like that in like a feasible way, you know, not like, mm-hmm. okay, it has to be this whole massive thing. 
Um, right. But what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, and not only like that checking in, but one of the most important things I've had to learn to ask myself too is like, what do I need in this moment? And mm. I know that that's so, that, that question rings so true for fellow Enneagram twos, but like it really, it really is because, because my temptation will be to ignore what it is that I need in this moment, but then I pay for it later if I don't mm. che- like not only check into like what is happening within my thoughts or my emotions or within my body, like what is hurting or what are, what's surfacing, but, but what do I need in this moment? And that was the reason that I actually got out of bed and went for a walk this morning. Like that is not my, my normal is wake up and start writing. And it, today it was like, nope, you need to go for a walk. And so, yeah. 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 And that can be, you know, I know on on last week's episode, uh, the conversation I had with Nia, we talked about some bottom up things, right? And so I think she gave some helpful tips. But I mean, when you say like, what do you need? Some people are going to say like, I don't know. I just feel anxious, right? Right. And so I'd say like, what what are things that that help you feel safe? What are the things that help you feel centered or grounded, right? Like it can be as simple as, you know, deep breaths into your stomach instead of your chest or right, uh, right. But like, yeah just to acknowledge that like all these things are hard, you know, like if you tune in and you're like, oh, they're talking about listening to your body and knowing what your body needs. Like, I don't know how to do any of that. Listen, I, it's hard for, I would wager a bet that like none of us are good at it. Right. You know, we're trying to learn. And so, um, even being graceful in that, you know, like, I don't know. I, I checked in once today and wasn't super sure, but I tried it. That's a way, you know, right. Like this is, this is, like, welcome to the human condition. Like, this is right, how we right. all <laughs> are yeah. navigating. Well, yeah. you know, I recognize, too, that, as I mentioned, there were, have been a lot of other things that have surfaced over the last year. We've definitely, relevant to this show especially, we've seen, like, a rise in mental health struggles. And I'll include, like, some links in the show notes for that. And seeing it as much as 40% of U.S. adults reporting mental health struggles like through this pandemic, whereas, you know, we've seen NAMI sharing that, you know, one in five is struggling with a mental health condition where we've certainly seen that grow and burnout rates we've seen grow and it's just been difficult. But I am curious, yeah. Robert, like what have you found, I guess, as we think about like the last year, what, what have you found to be helpful in navigating this last year? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, <laughs> I know, you know, a lot of uh, we keep mentioning, but like a lot of the, the conversations that we've had, I think have been helpful. A, just verbally processing with people, right? Um, and getting different perspectives on things and hearing from, mm-hmm. from folks that, okay, you have some idea of like how to navigate uncertainty well, you know, um, mm-hmm. we, we did an episode on that, you know, um, yeah. but, but searching out some stuff like that has been helpful, the, both the information and just the like, the processing of it. Like we get to talk to people each week who are all experiencing the same thing, right? Like, or at least close, like we're all experiencing a pandemic, Mm -hmm. even if we have different, you know, kind of this idea of like, we're all in the same storm, but we have different Mm -hmm. boats. Um, Right, right. And so I think that's been helpful. A sense of rhythm has been helpful coming back from the summer. I think taking the summer off, which we normally do anyway, but that was, that was helpful in terms of like really just slowing everything down yeah and then I think being super flexible in terms of like whatever was helpful in the first six months may not end up being helpful now and that's okay because uh, things change I Mm -hmm. change I different expectations different um and so you know for for a while I was like I'm going on a walk every day I'm gonna I'm gonna take Knox for a walk every day because I'm really bad Mm -hmm. at taking Knox for walks that was really helpful 
And then at some point, like the things kind of picked up and it got cold yeah. and it was much harder and that's okay. Maybe I find something else, you know, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And so just uh, being flexible, which is part of kind of the like gracefulness towards myself, right? Of like, you're going to need different things and that's mm-hmm. okay. But I mean, I do think trying to find ways, and I know it's super hard, but for community or connection, yeah. which I think, you know, probably contributes to the the rates that you were talking about in terms of like yeah. just the, the sense of disconnection and isolation. Mm-hmm. If particularly, so like I essentially never leave my house, right? Because I work from home mm-hmm. um, now. And so like sometimes I just need to like go drive around to yeah. like be a part of the world, you know, yes. or <laughs> – I know a lot of people are like, hey, you can only Zoom with your friends so many times. That's totally fair. Yeah. yeah. Dave Hughes, who we both know on Twitter, mm-hmm. I did a training with him uh, towards the beginning of it that was talking about trauma and stuff. And mm-hmm. he had this line that I, I've thought about ever since where he said, your screen doesn't have a nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. So like the idea that we can have this sense of like yeah. co-regulation and all that is is removed, which is why it feels yeah. so different to like hang yeah. out with people than on a Zoom. Um, so trying to find ways of maintaining community or things like that mm-hmm. even if it's like hey i'm just getting kind of scraped in the, the bottom of the barrel yeah. where like we can we can talk to each other across the street or whatever you know yeah yeah is still somewhat mm-hmm. helpful you know and just trying to to find ways of of doing those things because they are important yeah and safety is important too but yeah yeah those are really those are really good those, what about you are you thinking if there's anything else i see you like Scrunching my face weird. Yeah. Uh, that was that's, – that's my like – I don't know if I really answered the question, but I don't remember where it started. I think so you I don't did. Know. Um, no, I asked but, you what, what's been helpful over the last year. I mean, I, I think I would honestly probably echo a lot of them. I mean, you talked about episodes and, you know, you, you started mentioning, you know, one or two. But I think, you know, for our listeners, I do hope you'll go back through if, – if you feel as though this would be helpful for you – I know going back through some of those earlier episodes when this first started, I think were really relevant. And as you re-experience some of the emotions or thoughts or sensations tied to this, like, you know, as we round out one year, some of those earlier episodes might be helpful. Um, yeah. Can I say one more? Please. Yes. I was just going to say, uh, I, th- I think it's also important both for me and and also just to, to throw it out there for the listeners that when we talk about things that are helpful or whatever, right? That yes. the measure of success isn't like, I found a perfect solution to make nothing distressing at any time, That's right? right? Because it, yeah. that can be kind of held up as like, oh, well, just, you know, what coping skill do I need here? What thing do I need here? Whatever. And yeah. the reality is like, there's going to be times where like nothing seems to be that helpful and I'm just upset yeah. and like that's okay, right? That doesn't mean yes. that like, oh, well, I should have found another one, right? Um, and yeah. so being okay with that, you know, and I, I think back to it was Halloween was the first mm-hmm. time I got like very angry, like shifted to like an anger response of of being mm. so angry at where we were because Gray obviously was like two and a half, yeah. right? Like this was a, kind of like yeah. the first time that he could have gone trick-or-treating and understood what was happening in any capacity. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he couldn't. I mean, we like went to two people's yeah. houses that we knew, went to their house yeah. and then went over to this other house and they like gave him some candy from like afar and like that yeah. was it. And I was – angry that that had been robbed from him right and like yeah there's nothing in that moment i'm not like okay well i let me make sure that i do this and do this so that i don't ever experience it right it's just like right. no like yeah. i'm angry and 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 i can sit with that you know yeah um, and so just to you know throw that out there because i 
I worry sometimes that we're like not us, but as, as right, right, of, right. You know, a whole culture. We're like, well, yeah, solve. There's always a solution to oh being upset, gosh. you know, and it's like, no, there's definitely not, you know. Yeah, sometimes you just need to be upset. That's the solution. Yeah. As you like, sit with that anger you know. or whatever the emotion is, yeah, yeah, and it's not even yeah. a solution. It's just that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. no, that's really it. That's I, I'm glad you you mentioned that because I think I do think that's important and being able to lean into um, just being with those emotions is important. But yeah, but what about you? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I certainly would echo that like a lot of the episodes and the conversations we had, I think was helpful. Having some kind of rhythms and routines were helpful. The flexibility and recognizing that, you know, some things that were really needed right when COVID first started, you know, I didn't need them as much when we were four or five months through it. And things that I needed five, six, seven months through it were perhaps more complex or I don't know. So that flexibility was helpful. I think the – I know I always talk about centering prayer on here, and I wasn't perfect at it through this, all of this, <laughs> but um, but I do think that that grounding practice each morning, like I'll just keep reiterating how, how valuable that practice has been for me. And kind of – and another thing I want to mention really quick to, to our listeners too, like the things that we're saying too that were helpful for us, hopefully it's pretty clear that these are not things that we are saying are prescriptive that are going to be helpful for everybody, right? right but these are right, just like yeah. what we have found. So just in transparency. But Centering Prayer was helpful. You know, I've been pretty vocal about navigating sobriety and, you know, the pandemic kind of was like kicked off like, gosh, it was like two months after I made the decision to um, be sober. And sobriety has certainly helped through this pandemic for sure. And I think that even navigating the practice of sobriety has helped me really be reminded that like we are taking all of life anyways, one day at a time, one moment at a time. And um, that control is an illusion. And like all we have is like, what's the next step? Like what's the next thing that's in front of me to do? Um, that's really mine to do and not, you know, me assuming that it's, again, circling back to being a two. So yeah, sobriety was helpful, has been really helpful through this. Yeah. And getting outside, like you had said, like just getting out because like I work from home too. We as a family, like we would go for like drives like, you know, once a week or so. We'd go for like long drives around town or, you know, just wherever we could go and like um, would like pack lunches with us and just, you know, go drive around. But that was helpful too to at least be like, that's right. There's a world that exists outside of like our house right now that we're in twenty four seven. Yeah. So, anyways, so those were some things that were helpful for us. So, um, so I had you know I had mentioned earlier that like you know some of those earlier episodes when COVID first started, um, I think can be really helpful. So I want to specifically call out a few of them um, for our listeners to circle back and check check into, but Dr. Kazan's uh, Navigating Uncertainty During COVID, which you mentioned a moment ago, I think that was mm-hmm. really helpful right after um, this had started. And then I know we took a little bit of a break when COVID had first started, like took a week off or so. Right. And then we did a check-in. And I think if anything, 
I don't remember if there was anything that was all that helpful in there, but it was more of like a normalizing. So I think if anything, maybe, you know, it was more normalizing that. We had Drs. Karen Melton and Sarah Perry come on to talk about balancing working from home and intentional family time. I cannot imagine what that conversation would be like today, though, after folks have been working home Mm. for a year um, and trying to juggle that intentional family time and you know, and couple time and things like that. We also had Sarah and Dr. Daryl Van Tongren come on to talk about how we move through suffering. And they talked about their book, um, The Courage to Suffer, that came out like just, was it like the the week before? It was pretty that, close, yeah. 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 So their book and that conversation I think was helpful. I love Dr. Korb's episode talking about making small changes to promote our mental health, which I think is it's super important, especially even now as we are at the one-year point, thinking about like how do we continue to care for our mental health in a feasible manner, making right. those small steps, and especially recognizing the rates of depression and anxiety that we continue to see even today um, in light of COVID. And then obviously we had Dr. Emily Smith come on talking about loving your neighbor during a pandemic. Um, she was is an epidemiologist at Baylor. Um, and has been pretty vocal, especially like on Facebook as the friendly neighbor epidemiologist. So anyways, those were a few that I thought were really helpful. I don't know if there's any others yeah. that you would add or. You know, or- What's uh, funny, as you were reading those, I was like, I think we could just like starting from essentially Dr. Hassan, like literally just scroll through and read all of them and say, I think all that, you know, because all of them, I know. Yeah, to, to have hope, uh, helpful, helpful conversations. So uh, yeah. I don't have any specific. I didn't jot a list down or anything, but I would, I would say, if anything, just uh, if you want, you know, scroll back through, and if yeah. the the title and description kind of jumps out at you, like, oh, this scene, then give it a shot, and you know, yeah, um, hopefully it's helpful and meets you where you are. But yeah, yeah, those no, are, I think that's you listed good. some good ones. Thank you. I would. I didn't mention Seth Haynes' episodes before, but I really would reemphasize that too because he talks a lot. I mean, his book was The Book of Waking Up, and it was very much tied to sobriety. And in light of the data that we are seeing around alcohol consumption and um, purchasing, I do think that that could be a helpful episode too for some folks in light of what we've seen over the last year. So. Hmm. Well, my last question for you is what what is your hope this for our listeners this week, Robert? Especially in light yeah. of everything we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, I like the I like the rephrasing of the our hope question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I hope that people continue to find ways to uh, honor whatever's happening in in any given moment, right? Whether that's a new wave of grief that you thought you were done with or um, a re-experiencing of the sensations of pretty traumatic memories or, or frustrations with where we are or, I mean, even like frustrations with the, the rollouts of getting vaccines and stuff, which obviously hasn't been flawless. Right, right. While also taking some time, right? And these are, this is an and, not a but, and take time to Find find things that are hopeful or that that they're they're grateful for, right? I can think of a couple of things that through over the past year, some changes that have happened within our lives that I am I am grateful for, not for how we got there, you know, not that mm-hmm, not for right. the situation as a whole, but I can say like right. this part of this actually was cool, and I'm 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 glad for that, uh, which doesn't undercut obviously the weight of like 
the tragedy of the whole thing and, and, right. and all of that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. you know, balancing those and, and saying, I'm not, I'm not bypassing any of the hard things to try and be positive about everything. Mm-hmm. I can, I can hold those things in tension, mm-hmm. find the hopeful things while, while navigating the, the very real hard complex things. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's good. I had one thought just as you were mentioning that. I do want to note too that holding those things in tension is not effortless. And I do want to elevate that for our listeners too. That like, yes, in all the ways that I think we have learned how to hold both the grief and the glimmers and the the good and the struggles and like all these, you know, seemingly opposing or opposite pieces through through this last year. Like I I just want to normalize and elevate that like holding that tension can be really exhausting. And so just like I'm really glad that y'all have been able to do that, you know, and I'm grateful for the ways that we've been able to stretch ourselves to be able to do that more. Um, and I hope we give ourselves permission to rest knowing yeah. that like that's a it's that's a lot of work to hold that yeah. tension. Yeah. Yeah, so for sure. Do you have a hope for our listeners this week? <laughs> I think for me, I mean, I just think about this conversation that we've just had, and I would say a couple of things. I would say that my hope is that our conversation that you and I have just had offers our listeners permission to check in with themselves and give themselves the space that they need to like recognize and process through um, the emotions and thoughts and physiological sensations that surface and to just just to give themselves that permission. But my hope too is that that our listeners do continue to be gentle with themselves. They do continue to prioritize self-care. They do continue to, you know, be compassionate towards themselves and give themselves grace. So that, you know, they are able to extend that grace towards others, recognizing like we aren't just back into normal, like they're, we're getting yeah. closer and, but also like, you know, but also we've gone through a lot as a, as a species over the last year. And so the normal that we're looking at ahead may not be what normal was in 2019. And so just, I guess, giving some space for that too, that like, Normal is going to look different for a long time, I think. it's. I was going to say, I would even say it will not be the same as – It will not be. That's like, right. No. There's there's no, no, no. going back. It's always going no. forward. You know? That's yeah. right. That's right. And, you know, there will be some things that we have not been able to do over the last year that we will hopefully get to do moving forward. But there are things that are going to change. And so, again, just giving yourself permission – Actually, I would just say to give yourself whatever permission you need to move mm. forward and take good care of you. Like whatever it yeah. is that you need, give yourself the permission for that. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you would like to connect with Robert, you can find him at robert-vore.com or on any social media at Robert Vore. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at hollyoxhandler.com or on any social media at hollyoxhandler. Um, You can connect with the show all over at CXMH Podcast. Robert, it's been fun. I like doing these these little one-on-one chats sometimes. It's It's been a good one today. Yeah. You know, you just said to find you on any social media at Holly Oxhandler, and I looked you up on TikTok and you weren't there. So you're lying straight <laughs> in my face. Boo. You know what? I'm just kidding. I wrote that. So <laughs> go 
but you said it this <laughs> time, awesome. so I felt like I could pick on you. No, that's awesome. Yeah, no, sorry, listeners. I will not be on TikTok anytime soon. But, well, thanks so much for coming on today. Do you have any closing thoughts? Thanks for coming no, like, on the show. That is our, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, to be fair. I, I'm just so grateful to be here. Thanks for having me on. I think this platform <laughs> that y'all are offering is so important. Mm. Um, <laughs> so funny. No, I don't, yeah, I'll just fade out somewhere. Thanks for listening to the CXMH podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH Podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMH Podcast at gmail.com.